It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. You've been swinging a hot bat. You now have hits in seven straight and 462 in that stretch. Some big hits as well. What is feeling so good and working so well for you at the plate? Yeah, just the, the good routine that we have with Pop and, and all the guys down there. And, you know, it, they're just really helping me out and uh, just staying on top of it every day. It's a grind and it's a different pitcher, different things and different approach we got to make. But uh, we're making the right adjustments. God, how can you not love that guy, Royce Lewis? Yeah. He's asked about his own raking. Like, you're hitting 462 over the whatever last week. He's, I think he's hitting 322 for his young career now. And like he just gives he gives credit to the single-A hitting coach that they promoted and his teammates in the batting cage, you know? like He's like Andrew Luck, you know, just like giving credit to everybody else, but then like he's got a rib sticking out of his side and he won't, he won't blame anyone. I love the, de- the deflect credit and shoulder blame that Royce Lewis is bringing as a young player. Yeah, right. which is really good when you do that, but your words don't track with your actions, which I actually appreciate in this case. Yeah, well, go, yeah, go, he, he, I think if there's a pie chart of like, why is Royce Lewis raking? I don't think his teammates in the batting cage yeah. and David or Pop, Hopkins yeah, are. Pop, you think yeah. Pop's not, uh, you think Pop's not, no, no, I think that, uh, it's interesting. You can definitely, from what certain guys say in quotes, you can definitely tell who has the, like, like they don't, they don't throw people un- under the bus, uh, Sonny Gray as well, obviously. But it's very clear that they have a breaking point, and they aren't even jerks about it necessarily. Royce is not, but this is this is great stuff because I think the approach that he has taken is refreshing. That's a professional tease right there because that's going to be one of our categories early on here in our State of the Twins Monday Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd, presented by Modest. By the way, if you're looking for a place just a few steps from Target Field to get some of the best beers of the summer here. The Super Deluxe Premium Lager is on the top of old Macadax list. Uh, the Crooked Forest Smoked Lager, available only, I believe, only in the tap room. Uh, Modest is one of the coolest craft breweries in the Twin Cities. It's in Declan's old neighborhood. In fact, it's the uh, it's the biggest thing he laments, moving away mm. from the North Loop now, not being steps away from Modest. Amen. I know. It's a, it's a great patio. they got great options there. And, you know, as someone who's even... Uh, I like I like to try a lot of different beers and stuff at breweries, and, and they have some great even seltzer options there. They have the uh, cherry limeade hard seltzer that's now at Modest, which is also a, a great one. Go check out Modest Brewing, one of the best patio spots and the best spots to grab a cold one in the North Loop. Modestbrewing.com, and uh, they power the State of the Twins discussion every Monday here on the show. So 
All right, we'll go over the overall snapshot, kind of where the twins are, as we do every week, and then we'll get into four different categories of interest, and we will go deep on them. So the twins, they've clawed their way back over 500 after I think they were as low as two games below 500 early in the week. Mm-hmm. They're back to 40 and 39, two games up on the Guardians, the Gardos. The Gardos. The Twins offense down to 21st in runs scored per game. I think that's the lowest they've been to start a week since we started doing this back in like mid-April. And uh, the Twins defense and pitching, however, is third in runs allowed per game. So um, if they can keep doing that and just find some way to produce runs on a more consistent basis, they're actually going to be in pretty good shape. But baseball reference gives the Twins a 64% chance to make the playoffs, a 2% chance to win the World Series. Sangrass gives the Twins a 69% chance to make the playoffs, 3.5% chance to win the World Series. Before we get into the first category, which is Royce Lewis related here, just like generally where they're at right now, they're they're back above 500. They're narrowly leading a bad division. Their their run prevention is top three in baseball. Their run scoring is spotty at best. Just sort of your, your thoughts on where they are overall here. Hasn't changed a lot. Um, for, I, I think the one thing I hope before the Twins left Detroit on Sunday was that Nick Matan got like a game ball from the Twins or something because without him making the error at third base, and there were actually two misplays, but the one that tied the game off what was a ground ball to third by Royce, Twins probably don't win that game. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm not, you know, the pitching continues to be impressive, I think. The starting pitching continues to be, you know, other than a blip here or there, which every single team has, starting pitching continues to be great. But, Phil, you just said it, that the run scored is a concern. And it's been a concern for a while now. And Saturday was the poster child game, right? Like you give up three. Okay. Three runs. That's fine, right? And you lose three, two. And so I'm not going to change my tune a lot until I see the bats start to come around. And I'm not saying that they have to score 10 runs a game. I am saying I'd like to see a little bit more consistency. And again, on Sunday, their um, their average or their hits to at-bats with runners in scoring position was just awful. So... It's Detroit. This These next few games, Atlanta and Baltimore, are going to be really telling to me. Like, this is this is time to pull up the big boy pants and show us what you can do because Atlanta's a hell of a baseball team. Yeah, I mean, there's just too many guys in their offense that just aren't aren't great hitters. I mean, when, when Diamond Solano's been, like, basically kind of your bread and butter, I mean, it's a great story, and I like I like Donnie Barrels. He, he built up a big home run this weekend as well. He does barrel it up. Yeah. He's got a good nickname. It's a great he's a, nickname. He's a, he's a good hitter. He's a good he's hitter. He's a solid hitter. But when Donnie Barrels is kind of emerging as your really only consistent op, one of your only consistent options, I should say, in your lineup, it's, it's troublesome. I guess the, the silver lining is Royce Lewis and Alex Kirloff, when they've been given hit bats, uh, are raking. Everyone else, it's it's everyone else in the lineup that has just been a struggle bus or it's battling inconsistencies. And it's too bad because when you have a starting staff that's this good and you're losing games three to two, you're losing one run games that are low scoring. It just feels like such a missed opportunity. So that's probably a good segue into the first category here, which is Royce Lewis continues to rake. And I'm going to I'm gonna set this up by saying the Twins this morning still have the highest K rate of any offense in baseball. The Twins hitters strike out in 27% of plate appearances. Think about that. Like basically one in every three trips to the plate or one in every like. I watch it. Every game, it seems like. I don't have to think about it. I've seen it. Professional yeah. strikeout kings. 
It's uh, so you're you're starting every game by just giving away like it's. It, I think they're striking out ten times per game is what it amounts to be. Mm-hmm. So all right, we're going to start this game. We're going to play for two and a half, three hours, and we're going to get twenty seven outs to play with here. Ten of them are just automatic. You don't put a ball in play. You're not moving a runner over. You're not doing anything productive. You're just out, right? Mm-hmm. So Royce Lewis has kind of sensed this that everyone's kind of frustrated. So he said. Quote over the weekend, when you strike out, no one is doing anything except for the pitcher. Honestly, I get frustrated after a while. What I said to hitting coach David Popkins is, I'm going to turn into Luis Arise today. Just touch the ball. There's a lot of grass out there in Detroit. Just touch the ball. And it worked for him over the weekend. So he has now played in like 50 or 60 career Major League Baseball games. He's coming out of the gate as a 322 hitter. There's probably a little bit of, I think is there's some some luck noise in there that like some batted ball luck, but that might regress a little bit. But if you take Royce Lewis's current numbers through like 50, 60 major league games and extrapolate to a 162 game full season, 322 average, 344 on base, 521 slugging, 29 homers, 91 RBIs. And this year he's scoring a bunch of runs too. So I just love it. Like, yes. You don't have to get up there and keep just swinging for the fences. Put a ball in play. The shift is different and gone this year, too. Like, there's more opportunities to just hit a bleeder through the hole, like in the old days. So I love the way this, I love the fact that he's raking. I love the way that he approaches it. I love that he has the self-awareness to just, as he says, just touch the ball. Put a put a barrel on a ball and see where it goes. Let's just avoid striking out. And uh, voila, you get on base three times. So let's rewind that quote, though. So he is saying publicly, as far as his success, all of the right things. But he's also saying, I told the hitting coach what I'm going to do, which is code for what you really want us to do is not a great baseball thing. Because, Phil, as you've said forever, strikeouts are outs that that are not, you know, if you hit a ground ball, as we saw yesterday, right? Ground ball to third base. Okay. Looks like a sure out. Big league out for sure, right? The guy freaks and throws the ball away. Okay, Royce Lewis could have struck out, and then he's going to walk back to the dugout and do nothing. Mm -hmm. And so what I love here, and and, and people don't like to hear this, and I don't know why, because, I mean, sports are played by humans, some who are very smart, some who aren't, and and it's coached and run by humans, some of whom adapt and some of whom don't. But when you see changes... So, like, when you see this change, and Royce Lewis basically saying a young kid who is definitely, like, a captain material guy, so he's a young kid, he's a smart kid, he definitely knows the the game, and he's incredibly well-spoken, but when he's telling you that he told the hitting coach, hey, here's what good old Royce is doing today, that's code for what you've been asking me to do doesn't work. The Athletic had some stats, too. So in Royce Lewis's uh, first 57 plate appearances with the Twins, he struck out 19 times. In his seven-game hit streak, which continued on Sunday, 12 for 26, five runs, five RBIs. Um, and in that, in those seven games, 27 plate appearances, three strikeouts. So he basically said, I'm adjusting. And God well, bless him you, for that. You ring up like the ground or the third or like anything can happen. And there's something that – because for a while I think – Major League Baseball was probably too petrified of strikeouts that it was, you know, back up until like 10 or 15 years ago. It's like, oh, my God, striking out's the worst thing ever. Sure. 
But then we move too far into the, well, an out's just an out. Strikeouts don't matter because, like, an out's an out. But it, you're not comparing an out to an out. You're comparing processes. You're comparing mm-hmm. swinging and missing and not putting a ball in play to a ground ball or a fly ball or a blooper or a line drive, right? So if you were to replace an average of 10 strikeouts per game for the Twins with 10 batted balls, three of them are going to be hits. Another one might be an error, right? Like on average, for every like across the league, for every 10 balls put in play, yep. three are going to be hits. They're going to get through for hits. Now I'm not saying you can avoid striking out altogether in a major league baseball game. So you're not you wouldn't be going from like 10 strikeouts to zero. But can you put an extra four balls in play? And boom, that might be an extra double or an extra maybe it's two hits. Maybe there's an error. Or maybe putting a ball in play to the right side of the infield, shocking novelty concept, I know, moves a runner from second to third, and then that guy scores on a sack fly. We've almost got to the point, and like, and I'm not even like I'm a new school analytics guy, and I sound like old man yelling at cloud. We've we've gotten to the point in baseball where we just sort of scoff at productive outs. <laughs> what do you, you know? No, you should be trying to hit a ball to the wall every single time. It's right. like, you know, we have uh, when I'm on the Tom Bernard Show on Fridays, which you can find by the way, TomBernardShow.com, if you want to hear more of uh, Judd or myself at nine fifteen every day or on the podcast. So Kent Herbeck, who's very old school, but Kent Herbeck was, he makes Friday appearances and so we're on together. Sure. And it's fun talking ball with him because he comes from this older perspective, but also like the guy won two World Series rings and he sort of knows what like a productive lineup looks like. And he, I brought up sort of the, like the strikeouts thing and he absolutely blew a gasket. He's like, if there was a game or an at bat in my career, which wasn't that long ago, he's like talking about the nineties, right? It wasn't, it was maybe one generation ago. If you come up to the plate with nobody out and there's a runner on second base and you don't hit a ball to the right side in some form, either a ground ball or a fly ball to right so the guy can tag up, you would get chewed out by your manager and your teammates would like avoid eye contact with you when you come back. And some of these things, especially if you're an offense that's struggling, why is it acceptable to just get up there and strike out 10, 11, 12 times? And I get that like they're frustrated by it. And Rocco has said, and the front office has said, we're striking out more than we want to. But what's the solution? Other teams have figured out how to put the ball in play at a much higher rate. You know, is it finding players that can do it? Is it the approach led by the hitting coach? Why can't you hit a fly ball to the outfield with a runner on third base and less than two outs? You know, it's like manufacture something, guys. Well, I think also without a juice ball now, which clearly is gone, I think there's a difference between um, purposely going up there like the softball bro. Oh man, it's my swing. I hit a home run again. Sorry. And making contact, which by the way, is going to result in home runs too. It's this trying to, it's the 2019 approach, which actually worked because the ball was juiced, um, which was, which was geniusly baseball's answer to replacing steroids. So they're, they're like, man, that, that summer of 98 was fun, but we can't have guys putting needles in their butts. What should we do? Let's juice the ball. But that's gone again now. And so I think it's a very, very fair thing to say, make contact. If you make contact, you're going to hit some home runs by accident. Yeah. But, but you know, I firmly believe that when I see, for instance, Max Kepler's approach, he's so screwed up. Like, I think if he went up there to make contact – I think he wouldn't be great, but I think it would be improved. But these guys now, for the most part, are going up there, or or too many of them, I should say, not all of them. Too many of them are going up there with the purpose of, I want to hit a home run, which is what sort of confuses me about Rocco's comment, 
We're striking out more than we want. Well, how much do you want? Like, I, it's it's sort of a weird. In, in fact, the Athletic also had a line in Dan Hayes' story that I wrote down because it it confused me. The Twins discussed shifting their two strike approach. So, okay, so you're fully admitting that your two-strike approach was screwed up, and now you've discussed it, but we're in June, and so are you going to go to all those guys? Like, this is what I don't understand, and I guess it's the arise. It goes back to arise and and the sort of stereotyping him as a hitter that bugs me. If you can hit, why aren't you allowed to hit? And if tweaks can be made, that's awesome. But it feels like like the Twins, and they're not going to talk about this, Publicly, because my God, the secret sauce. Um, but it feels like the twins have an approach that somebody, to your point, Phil, should look at and be like, I, I don't think this is the way to go in 2023. It might have been in 19, but it's not in 23. Yeah. Well, Royce, I mean, I think just to bring this full circle, I think you're right about Royce Lewis. He's trying to be respectful. He's not trying to throw anyone under the bus, but he sort of accidentally let it slip what he really thinks, right? I mean, when he says, honestly, I get frustrated after a while. What I said to Pop, the hitting coach, is I'm going to turn into to Luis Arias today. Just touch the ball. And he's not saying that unless he's being told something different than just touch the ball, right? I don't, right. I don't think we're overthinking that. So, I don't know. It's really, it's really interesting that in an age where the shift has changed, there's more pasture out there. And there is value in, I think you know, we talk about like market inefficiencies 20 years ago, the league undervalued on base percentage. I think right now the league undervalues putting a bat on a ball and making something happen, right? Sure. And using your speed to get to first base. So anyways, that's your first category. Let's get to the second one here. It's entitled come to Jesus meeting. So Judd, you've kind of alluded to this throughout the last couple of weeks, but This was staggering to me when I opened up the baseball reference league-wide stats this morning to prep for this podcast. So last season, twin starting pitchers ranked 27th in innings pitched. 27th. They had the fewest innings pitched of any team other than the Tampa Bay Rays. We're just like patchworking their pitching staff every single year, right? Yep. This season, today, Monday morning, June 26th, halfway through the year, basically. Twin starting pitchers lead the major leagues in innings pitched. Number one, the most innings pitched of any starting staff in all of baseball. Now, What are your thoughts? Now, they will tell you, the apologist for sure will say, oh, hold on a second, Phil. Have you looked at this pitching staff compared to last year? And some of that is accurate. But this is such a philosophical shift. It's so drastic that you can't tell me that it's just a few different guys and like, oh, okay, now you're going to pit. You know, this is I, what I think we have had, and I don't know if it's been confrontational or just open communication. I would hope that it's the second for the team's sake. But what we've had is such a staggering shift uh, born off of what Sonny Gray said in spring training that I can't help but think that there has been a, a thought process of, first of all, you lifting guys as early as you did is counterproductive. Second of all, the front end of our bullpen, the back end can be great, but the front end is not good enough to justify a pitcher who, oh my God, he might face the order a third time through, so he has to come out so that somebody can come in and get potentially lit up. 
Um, the other thing, though, that I think is really intriguing is this. So there was definitely at some point in time a meeting of the minds about starting pitching and and how deep they were allowed to pitch into games. But since Rocco went and got Gray or didn't go, t- took him out, I think, after four in the game, and Gray was struggling. But since that occurred, uh, we've also seen Joe Ryan throw a complete game. And if you go look, here's the thing people didn't focus on. Look at the pitch selection in that game. It changed drastically. And I think that is Joe, who's, again, a smart dude, right, saying, let's go to what I do well as opposed to what you might think I do well. But then Mm -hmm. the second one is Friday night with Rocco tossed. Jace Tinkler does something. I don't remember the last time I saw Rocco do this. He comes out during the inning to get Kenta to where Moran is jogging in from the bullpen. And Kenta talks him off of it, gets the last out. So I think there is definitely a change, and I'm not saying that it's screaming matches, but I am saying there has been a at least a compromise. There's some pushback. A hundred percent. And you know what? Joe Ryan, Gray, Kenta, if he is healthy, should have the ability to push back. They should. Yeah. And those three guys too were this, were in the rotation last year. I know Kenta wasn't as effective, and Sonny Gray has, and both Ray and Gray, Gray and Ryan have taken a significant step forward, but. Those are three guys, especially Ryan and, and Gray, who were you're in your rotation last year and now are your front horses this year. So it's not like you inherited two guys who weren't on the squad last year who are just better pitchers. Now, is the back end of the Twins rotation better and an upgrade from Bailey uh, from uh, from Bundy and Chris Archer? 100% it is. But the main horses are still here. So there is 100% a pushback. There's 100% a dialogue of, hey, if these bulldogs are going to be an old school guy like Ken Herbeck, if these bulldogs are on the mound uh, with with fire and baseball bullets. You got to let them pitch a little bit more. My Maeda did miss basically the season last year with the Tommy John. He was in the rotation the previous years, but Joe Ryan was your was your horse last year. Sonny Gray horse last year, um, and then some of the like, like Bailey Ober and some of these guys that were like Ober pitched like half the season or whatever. But yeah, like I think. But then again, you can say, well, yeah, but like, look at the guys they had last year. Well, it's, it's the same front office constructing the roster. So you you don't like avoid criticism because you put 40% of your rotation was unusable after the second time through the order. So um, just an interesting 180 in that now the Twins lead the major leagues in starting pitching innings eaten so far. Two more categories, but let's shout out our friends at Livia for helping Score North listeners lose a lot of weight. We'd love to hear your stories, by the way, too, if you are one of the people that's lost a lot of weight through Livia. In fact, we asked on uh, on Friday for you to start to share those stories, and guess what? They already are piling up because you have had success. I, I've had success. I've talked about it for months now, but you have had success, too. Uh, if you send in your story, you will get a Score North gift pack, actually. Share uh, your story to share Livia at scorenorth.com. This comes from, let's see here, Rance. He, he said, I started the program about uh, seven weeks ago. I'm already down 13 pounds. It's been easy. The food is great. I am never hungry, and the weekly support is, is what really sets us apart from other programs. I heard about it on your show, and I finally decided to take the plunge and start controlling my weight. 
it has been a lot more simple than I anticipated. So if that sounds appealing to you, if losing weight sounds appealing to you, if getting the first eight weeks in the program for free, which you do right now, sounds appealing to you, reach out, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. And, of course, continue to send in your stories, and you will get a Score North gift pack. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. All right, category number three here, State of the Twins, a Byron Buxton injury update. So Buxton left Saturday's game due to back spasms, which arose while he was trying to beat a grounder out to first base. Baldelli told assembled reporters that Buxton has been bothered by the back problem for much of the season. So that's a new development that he's had. He's got chronic knee issues and he's had back issues all year. But then he came back and he pinch hit in a high leverage situation on Sunday. So a little odd that he would have to pull himself or be pulled from the game on Saturday with back spasms, then come back cold and pinch hit on Sunday. Um, I don't know. I think at this point we just have to assume that there is no such thing as a 100% or a 90% or even an 80% Byron Buxton. Yes. And he's just going to be sort of day-to-day. Inter- like, there's going to be some days where he feels good enough to hit two 460-foot tanks into the upper deck. And then there's going to be some other days where he can barely get to first base. And there's going to be no days, apparently, where he can play in the outfield, right? So Correct. Well, let's see. A chronically uh, bad right knee and now turns out a bad back means there is no way that they are going to ask him to stand in the outfield. I don't care what position now. So, yeah, I, I would say... Unless there's a miracle recovery of some sort, which I don't expect, he might be done in the outfield for the most part, if not entirely, for his career. Because, like, you're not going to make it worse on purpose, right? Yeah, because I've seen some speculation from just fans and stuff that, like, okay, well, maybe, like, second half of the season or, okay, well, I guess, like, next year maybe he'll be ready. to. I At this point, I wouldn't count on it, man. I agree. I the back and, and plus, no he, the older he gets too, he's not twenty five anymore. Mm-hmm. So the speed that he would be retaining is probably not what it was a few years ago when he was Gold Glove caliber. Yeah, it's so. too bad. Uh, we've used this comparison before, and it's not perfect, but it, it reminds me of Grady Sizemore with Cleveland. I mean, Grady Sizemore for four or five years when he was younger, and he now Grady was playing in mostly every game when he first came up, unlike Buxton who would, would miss time repeatedly. But at 26, Grady Sizemore has a back injury, and he's basically never the same player ever again. Now, to his credit, he came back from that and was able to have a nice, solid career, played in some games for his own you know, personal pride. But you look at Grady Sizemore the first four years in Cleveland, and the dude was legit one of the five best hitters in baseball. And then by 26, he's basically broken and he's done. 
And it's just, it's, it's, it's a cautionary tale of get your hopes up for number one picks and prospects. And I love all that. But Byron Buxton, I, I just, I have even come to the terms that we're never just going to see this guy be able to stay on the field and be the full 100th percentile of himself. Never. God, Sizemore, man, he was, what a player he was for a few years. But yeah, there are cases like him and there's other ones too that it just, there is no light at the end of the tunnel. So I, I don't know, man. Like, what do you, do you guys think he, what, what is Byron Buxton in like three years? Oh God. Is he still, play, do you think he's still playing major league baseball in three years? I think he'll be trying to play, but I don't know. Like, I don't know. He has, if he has had what amounts to now the onset of a start of chronic back problems, like if this back problem has been a problem for months and he's got a bad knee at some point in time, what can you do? Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't hit. You sure as hell can't go stand in the outfield, much less crash into fences or make great catches. This is going to be, I continue to say this, this is going to be one of the saddest stories at the rate it's trending in Minnesota sports. Because a lot of these, you know, Miguel Sano is self-inflicted. Like, I have no empathy for him. It's That was his fault. Because he just didn't, you know, keep himself in condition. Um, This is a story of a guy that had, you know, as far as I know, has always worked his ass off. And I know people are always mad. You know, it just... Byron Buxton, again, it, it sort of turned into a little bit, although I don't think it's as harsh as the Maurer thing did. But when your body breaks down, I guess here's my question. What are you supposed to do? You know, we just we just need – so I think this shift is happening organically now that Royce Lewis is up, but it's no longer like Byron Buxton's team as a centerpiece. Not that those semantics don't matter as much in baseball. Like in basketball, it's such a small roster. You kind of need to know, like, all right, is this thing going through? And is it going through someone? In baseball, baseball is really a series of individual matchups Absolutely. sort of put to cobble together as a team sport. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there needs to be, like, an official, you know, announcement. But if Royce Lewis and Alex Kirilov and a couple of these, like Joe Ryan, these pitchers and Duran, if that can be your nucleus for what gets you – First place in the in the division. You don't need Buxton to be what everyone wants him to be. You just need like a Kurt Gibson moment at some point. Can can he hit a four hundred fifty foot bomb in the eighth inning of a one run game to yeah. to tie it or put the Twins up or something? Right, and uh, you know hobble his way around the bases. Can he can he give you that at some point? So all right, category number four here, the final category for today's State of the Twins show. It's a question. Is it time to dump my guy, Joey Gallo? So he told reporters over the weekend, he feels like he's striking out way too much. Yeah. Thanks, Joey. What's what's funny, though, is for the season, he's actually just exactly who he's been strikeout-wise for his career. I think his strikeout rate is 39% this year, Mm -hmm. which is just a little higher than his 37% career rate. So, But the last week... 22 plate appearances, 15 strikeouts, two hits. He just literally one cannot home make contact. Is that right? I think one Saturday home night in Detroit, yeah. he hit one of the solos. I think it was Correa and Gallo okay. hit solo home runs. But he, so 22 trips in the last week and 15 strikeouts, two hits, one of them a home run. I don't know. I mean, this, on one hand, this is kind of who he is. He's a 198 hitter who hits bombs and strikes out, and you kind of know what you're signing up for. Um, on the other hand, the Twins need guys who can put the ball in play and be more consistent, and yes. they've got guys like Walner knocking yep. on the door. I mean, can you find Larnick. Larnick, like 
Exactly. Yes, I think it's time to be done here. Um, I just don't see how it's productive. They, they without Joey Gallo, strike out too much already. Um, I don't feel like his presence is, and defensively he is impressive, but I would rather see a Walner, a Larnick play than this. Yeah. And, and they have enough young talent in St. Paul that I think trying to get those guys onto the big league roster is important at this point. So, yes, at the All-Star break, I think I would probably say, Joey, we appreciate it. Uh, you are going to be a great independent league slugger with, with the Milwaukee milkmen here in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's, is, made enough, he's made enough money where he probably doesn't have to do that I know. unless he wants but to. Still but still it'd be fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> probably not. Bombs in the... I'd go watch. Like in terms that. of trimming the fat, I mean, from a lineup that strikes out a lot, I mean, you have a guy who's striking out nearly twice the amount of MLB averages for, for strikeout rates. I mean, his exit velocity is higher this year. Like, he, when he hits the ball, he's hitting it hard. But problem is, he's yeah. whiffing literally up 40% of the time. He's striking out 40% of his at-bats. And they don't owe him anything in this organization either. They took a one-year fly around. They tried to see if it worked. And I'd rather see those at-bats at that point than just go to Walner. Yeah, maybe even go to Larnick. Because uh, at that point, there's there's no point to be paying a mercenary here in his age 30 season if he's just going to be striking out 40% of the time. What's funny is it's actually worked out pretty much the way it was supposed to. I mean, he has an above-average OPS. He has 12 home runs. He's on pace to hit like 25 or 30 homers if he were to stay healthy and play. He's pretty much exactly as advertised. He's better than what he was with the Yankees because with the Yankees, he was just he wasn't even really hitting the home runs or anything. So, but, but it's, if he was a luxury, like the Dodgers brought him in for a little bit as a luxury, right? We already have our actual lineup. And so if Joey Gallo can run into five home runs in key situations, awesome. But the twins don't, they don't have that luxury right now. They, they need guys who can be productive on a regular basis. So I think if it meant opening up a spot for one of these 25 year old former first round picks, then begrudgingly, I would have to call it. I was going to say, you're set to call this, huh? Time of death for the Gallo experiment. Do you think they will, though? That's the question. I don't know. I think there's a good chance. Yes. Yes, I think there's a good chance. Better chance they move on from him than Kepler? Yes. Which is pretty wild to think about, even from a yes. couple months ago. Much better chance. Yeah. Well, Kepler, Kepler's probably better defensively, but... They clearly like him more. Like the, well, I think it's that's an ego thing, right? They, they're the ones right. that they gave him the contract, and I guess yeah. They're and not to mention they saw what happened in 2019 and think that there's a path back to there at some point or somewhere close. But yes, anyhow, there's your state of the twins, gentlemen. Mostly, mostly good here over the weekend. They've gotten back over 500. But, they went two or uh, three. Still, ding, 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 did. baby. But you're right. This is going to be a really. I'm I'm curious to see where this conversation lands. Next week's State of the Twins, which you know, it's it's kind of a long holiday weekend, so we'll probably have to do it after the long holiday weekend. But what's what's going to be the tone after you get done with Atlanta and Baltimore and 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 face a couple of the better teams in baseball? And just one small thing: can somebody please teach Edward Julian how to at least look like a semi big league player at second base? I really like him yeah, at the plate, stuff, man. but I mean, I don't remember the last time I saw a guy at second base, like shortstop, third base. But when's the last time that you saw a guy at second base look this hopeless? Well, I can, I mean, there's been a lot, you mean, and, and get better. I've seen train wrecks at Dan Ugla was a train wreck at second Don't. base. He also hit 30 bombs right. every year. So, right. 
Uh, Todd Walker was a train wreck at second base. He wasn't base. this bad. Chuck Knobloch got the yips. Well, that, yeah, so that, there's, there's but that's the yips. That's, that causes Luke you Hughes to be moved to bad. left field and have to have batteries thrown at you by the Metrodome crowd. I'm just yeah. saying it's painful to try to watch this kid. Well, I, I will say that He's good at the there point. are guys like Koski, and these are corner spots, but Koski yep. and Morneau were not good fielders no, when they true. came up, and then they worked their asses off to become good fielders. So true. now 20, whatever it was, 20 years ago when those guys were coming up, we didn't have social media and podcasts and YouTube to just like get pissed about it on a microphone every day. So I don't know. Do we have the patience to let a good hitter, a, a good young yes. hitter who's Agreed. one of their best young prospects Yep. Figure it out to just can you just be a competent league average second baseman with the glove? You know, that's send them to the question um, when the season's done, send them to Fort Myers and have somebody work with him and hit him ground balls until at least Thanksgiving. Until his fingers are bleeding. And then and then tell him you're not going home for Thanksgiving because you're Canadian. You don't even care about Thanksgiving. We're going to hit. No, no, that's the day after Christmas. I know it is. I'm just making Canadian. But anyway, that's my only request. You cannot make up Canadian holidays. Just July first, Canada Day, big stuff. Yeah. Well, also, like I feel like without the shift, you the second baseman can be overexposed now. Because sure. before you you would just be able to kind of like for a left handed hitter who's likely to pull the ball, you would just put all these guys over there, and the second baseman was just kind of You're right. right. I don't have to range much. Right now, it's like no, you actually have to field your position because the shortstop and the third baseman aren't coming to help you anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. So, anyhow, all right, there's your State of the Twins here on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. Please click the subscribe button on the Score North YouTube channel so you can help spread the word and help us grow this awesome community. And uh, we'll see you for some statements. And also, this is Historical Pie Chart Week on Purple Daily, where we go through and watch historical Vikings games of note and slap pie charts of praise and blame on them. So be on the lookout for those. See you guys.